Hey, what's going on, you guys? Welcome back to my next episode of part two of the latest episode that I just posted recently, talking about Lauren London. And also this episode, I will be talking about Jasmine Brown with her relationship with Cam Newton and also my perspective on her stance on being submissive. I'm going to talk about that, but I'm also going to talk about Nick Cannon's interview on uh, Angela Yee's podcast, Lip Service, which I had a big problem about um, due to the fact that Angela Yee has already been corrected by Kay Michelle, the artist, on The Breakfast Club some years ago. I believe it was only a few years ago, but nevertheless, let's get into the episode and I will dig into it more, shall we? Here we go. I'm going to be continuing on to the conversation that Sham Booty and Jasmine Brown were having in regards to her relationship with Cam Newton. So I'm going to play the sound bites of the actual interview, and then I'm going to actually give my commentary in between different parts of the interview where I actually just have to pause for a second and then say what I need to say. So there's going to be a little bit breakups in between, but nevertheless, let's dive into it. First step is get with somebody who wants what you have to offer. I think love and submission is a tailored fit. It's not a one size fits all. Yes, I agree with her on that. Why wouldn't you get with someone that doesn't tailor into what you're looking for, but also what the other person is looking for? Meaning that you both are on the same page. You're both looking for the same moral compass within the dynamic of your relationship and also within yourself. Just because somebody wants what you have to offer doesn't mean that you should be giving it to them. They should earn it. They should be able to learn who you are in order to understand what you can even offer them. First up, because if I am looking for something within someone, I am going to make sure that they offer that to me. If they can't do that, why would I expect that from them and then disappoint myself? So to me, if you are looking for someone to match with your standards, your moral compass without necessarily having to compromise yourself, your needs and desires and who you are and what you design within that relationship and from that person that you are in a relationship with, what are you working for and what are you working towards? If if it's not an equal playing field, it would just be labor on you. That is not a commitment that most people should desire to have. So continuing on. So I can only tell you what what it means to me. Now, for me, it's complete selflessness. Being selfless is not a bad thing, right? I mean, you have to be somewhat selfless and order to compromise to an extent where you don't have to jeopardize or compromise your own self-existence, your own self-boundaries, your own desires, your own needs in a relationship with someone where you can actually tell the person, hey, I don't like that, and they can respect it because you don't like it. 
not because it makes them feel some type of way. Because in order to be selfless, the, your partner has to be selfless too. It's not going to be a, well, I'm selfless. I'm going to give my all. And this person is just going to be there and exist in my life because I center them. You do not center a person that does not center you. Sorry. In order to be selfless, you have to be selfish, right? You, it, self, right? That's the first word is self. It's about self. If you can't even identify as to what you need out of a relationship. And the first thing you go to is, I like to treat people with kindness and I like to make sure people feel comfortable, but I don't pay attention to what other people are doing towards me because I'm so focused and hyper-focused on, I'm, I'm, I'm selfless, I'm selfless. Okay, and what else? What else are you getting out of it? <laughs> you can't just be selfless. You can't. Something else has to come with that. It is called conditions. Okay. As the saying goes, how are you going to treat other people with respect if you can't treat yourself with respect? How are you going to care about other people if you're not putting yourself first and taking care of you? You cannot take care of anyone unless you take care of yourself. That's the bottom line. Like, put your mask on first and then assist the other passengers on the plane because you're no help to them if you aren't good right? You're just there dying and struggling to help other people when all you have to do is help yourself and it would be guaranteed that possibly you may help the next person. You have a better chance of doing that. But no, the idea of submission comes from a place of I have to give my all and expect nothing else in return just because a man has a penis. But I continue. I am satisfied in serving. I'm a servant. And I watched my mother serve all my life, you know, and it was rain, sleet or slow. I think we talked about this on the phone. Um, my mother's love for my father wasn't conditional. And that, my friends, is called toxicity and pathology. So let's get into that. Being called a servant to your mate in 2022 is odd personally to me like what do you mean servant uh servant indentured servant like I mean at least as a American descendant of chattel slavery I would not want to be called a servant especially in today's age uh, to, to a man to a man to thou man I don't want to be a servant sorry nope no. And it's not because of the idea of like, I can't show my love language to my partner. It's not that I can't play into the idea of what my partner needs within the relationship as, as well. But the idea of being called a servant as a person, period, it, it just, I don't know, it just makes me cringe. I just couldn't help but think of that Ayanla episode with Nephi, where Ayanla was talking to Nephi's husband about his perspective on Nephi pretty much being like the master of their relationship and it triggered Iyanla and I understand her perspective but it I don't know why but hearing the word servant to your partner being a servant to your partner I, I just find it to be a black woman to me and calling yourself a servant is just, uh, it's just backwards to me. Um, it's counterproductive as far as owning yourself first. And she, she, she does struggle 
to acknowledge that, but I just want to get into this clip of Ayala. So let's listen to it. Maybe it's because I've seen too much, but you as a black man, don't get to stand in front of me and call a black woman your massa. You don't get to do that. Not for my grandmother, not for your grandmother. You don't get to do it because the massa disempowered you. The massa castrated you. You don't get to do it. Not in my presence and then tell me you won't look me in my face. You'd rather not. No. When you get willing, you let me know. Well, there you have it. It's just kind of like a trigger for some people, including myself, I guess, because I'm talking about it. But that whole discussion around submission when it comes to literally saying out loud, servant, the word master and the affiliation of slavery, period, of, it just... I don't I don't like it. <laughs> I I just don't. All right, let me continue. <laughs> let me continue on because oh yeah. All right. But if that's what she wants to be called, by all means, if that's what she wants to be known as, I, who am I? Again, I don't wanna I don't want to dismiss her needs and desires as a person within a relationship because that's what she wants. She's a grown person. As, as long as it's consensual, again, this is me saying this before I dive, you know, any further into this conversation, this is a grown woman that likes this, or at least it's coming off as if she does. I don't know her personally, but I'm just going off of the interview. Okay. I'm going off of what she said out of her own mouth. And I don't know when she mentioned her mom. And what her mom went through with her father, the rain and sleet and snow, she she picked herself up by the bootstraps, y'all. She was submissive, y'all. She made sure that her man had a full belly before he uh, laid down, y'all. This woman catered to her father. And... The way that she's describing it is kind of like she doesn't understand the context during that generation of women who had no choice but to be there for their man through sleet and snow um, because they really had no choice. And and I feel like a lot of women today that are within the whole submission idea of a relationship, they like to put that, and men too, men like to also say that, hey, why don't women cook, you know, real food anymore why don't women cook the soul food that our our grandmothers and our mothers used to cook us why don't and i can even go back and say well why don't men build like they used to why don't men bring home majority of the income again it can be back and forth but again if you're if you're basing things off of you know the 50s and the 60s you would also as a man have to do those roles and play part of that role as well as the men did back then, which majority of men aren't doing. But I digress because obviously data and statistics can already show you that. So moving along. It's not my responsibility, but it's your joy. It is my joy. You know, I I love to see him eating the meal that I cooked. I love seeing him sleep easy. Like every Mm -hmm. night, like clockwork, I scratch this man's back to sleep. Okay, well, I can understand that point as well i mean her love language is act of kindness 
see who wouldn't want to see their partner enjoy their meal that they cooked for them? Who wouldn't want to scratch your partner's back? So these are common things that you do in a relationship regardless when you are showing affection. And I know when he's asleep because I can tell when his breathing changes. And some people might think that's psychotic, but that's like, I just know that's when I'm like, oh, I can stop now. But I find joy in being your rest. Okay. She had me at, she knows his breathing patterns. (laughs) Fine. She may very well do. She may very well have observed how he breathes. I don't know. That's what she observes who am I to say no that is not true but I don't agree with (laughs) that last part she wants to be his rest meaning everything will fall on to her shoulders in order for him to feel comfortable as a man in a patriarchy you do not want to make your woman the sole reason why you are a man and can rest in your masculinity is not for the woman to be your rest It is actually supposed to be the opposite. If you're talking about leadership, leading alpha male, you know, the whole nine yards, if, if that is the goal, why as a man in a patriarchal system and society want your woman to bear everything that the world will be giving towards your man. I'm not understanding because she did say that she, she wants an alpha male. He has to be an alpha male, but it sounds like to me that she wants to be the alpha female. Yep. It it sounds like it. if she wants to bear all the responsibilities and carry all of a man's emotions and put her emotions to the side, where does her emotions go? Where, where do they go? Where, where do they go? They have to go somewhere. And I'm pretty sure they're being suppressed. You know? And I'm pretty sure she will be oppressed in the process right behind it. Continuing on. And it shouldn't be conditional. A part of that lack of conditions, too, means that you do your duty joyfully regardless of what's being done for you. That's it. I do my duty joyfully regardless of what is happening to and for me. You know, now some days I might be more cheerful than others because I have my own stuff going on. Okay. She does her duty regardless of what's being done to her or for her. She don't care if he returns the favor pretty much i mean she said well as long as he's happy and as long as that's the case i i really don't have nothing for you (laughs) regardless like whatever he does it does not impact the way that i move in that relationship that's pretty much what she said like to an extent the idea of i i want to make sure that the person that i care and love is is feeling good, is taken care of, you know, they they feel content. But at the same time, there's a risk factor there too, because you have to dedicate time. You have to be selfless. You have to make sure that what you're doing is contributing to not just the sake of that person that you're trying to be there for but for the sake of the entire relationship in itself it's supposed to be for the greatness of both not just 
to make sure that one person is satisfied in the relationship and then you suffer in the process. That's not a relationship. That is a one-way street. (laughs) Okay. That's just the bottom line there. I mean, again, I get what she's saying, but then at the same time, it's a way that should be dealt, dealt with to me in a more healthier manner in regards of what is he doing for you as well. You know, when there's times where it's like, I don't even want to say what's going on with me because, again, I know how to deal with me and my pain. You know, I'll cry in the shower and keep it moving, you know. But in the art of submission for me, because I can't speak for everybody, is being joyful about it. Girl, girl, what do you mean being happy about it? (laughs) Like being happy about crying in the shower because you feel Like you can't even tell your partner about your emotions or you had a long day at work. You don't want him to have the same uh, load on his shoulders of with your emotions that you do have with his on your shoulders. And I just sense that that is very interesting to me. It's very interesting that she would rather slide down the wall crying like a Tony Braxton music video from the 90s just slowly just her back just slowly sliding down the shower wall and just tearing up and crying so hard but making sure she's not loud enough so he don't hear her and then before she gets out of the shower she makes sure that she doesn't look like she was crying because she don't want him to ask her what's wrong because then she would have to tell him what's wrong and then he may just feel like, you know what? I had a long day. I don't want to hear this no more. And then she would feel bad about it because she felt like she disrupted his his entire aura in his day. Poor guy for having to listen to your girlfriend's emotions and problems. Oh my God. Ooh, child. When she says she knew how to deal with her own pain, kind of like, I got my stuff together. I can do it on my own. I don't need him to be my actual partner, which is why he's there, right? To actually be there for you when you need him. The way that she said that, she didn't even believe it. There's no way that you can tell yourself and you have a partner, I can handle my stuff, but he can't handle his. So that's why I'm there. He can't handle his stuff, but yet he's an alpha male. He's leading you. A man that can't handle his own emotions, but yet you expect yourself to handle your own and be alone and crying in the shower and keeping it to yourself, holding yourself together before you get in his face. (laughs) No, ma'am. No, (laughs) ma'am. Uh-uh. Nope. Couldn't be me. I'm going to tell you if I had a bad day. I'm going to cry. I'm going to tell you if I'm upset. I'm going to communicate. I'm going to let my partner know that this is what's going on in my life. Like pain is a part of life. And so to hide that part from your partner, to just to appear that you have it all together as a subservient type of woman, um, I, I just don't understand the... <laughs> I just don't understand the logic there. The moment you have to feel like you have to hide your emotions from your partner, there's a level of distrust. There's a lack of awareness with yourself and how you project yourself onto someone else and how you think 
or believe that they should be receiving it and how they actually should be receiving it. We'll show you exactly what type of dynamic you have in your relationship. And it is lopsided right here. But in her mind, it doesn't feel that way, right? Because as long as she's willing to give, he is going to be willing to take. Trust me. And that, to me, will lead to a disaster of resentment on the behalf of Jasmine towards Cam Newton. I I just don't see that ending well in the long term where you constantly have to hide. Because again, everyday life can be stressful. And then you want to take on another man's emotions. I just, but you can still love him without doing that, you know, like, does she not know that? Or is it that that circuit in her brain has cut short because of what she thinks this man is and she doesn't want to let it go because if she then starts putting in boundaries and starts to actually express her emotions with him, she may lose him. So what does that say about him as his character that when you have a bad day, you go to him and he's kind of like, I don't care to hear it, you know? And you feel like you may lose him from that or may put a, a, a damp in your relationship. I don't know, Jasmine. I don't know. It That want of, and I think it, not even just a want, the power of knowing that you you have the power to make someone's day better. And that's a choice and easier. Yes, better and easier. That's a choice that you have to make. I always make the choice to do it. Okay, sure. I mean, there's power in making yourself feel great too and not suppressing your emotions for somebody. But hey, what do I know? I mean, (sighs) yes, there is power in making sure that your partner feels great. But also that can be you know, draining after a while, if that is your goal to do every single day, every single moment of your life, you're not supposed to make your partner happy all the time. And the reason that is, is because that comes with having disagreements on certain issues and topics within the relationship that comes with boundaries, having to be sometimes even compromised for the sake of the relationship that comes with having an opinion, having emotions. And that is all of the things that she does not want to show or participate within her relationship towards Cam. Because again, like she said, I handle my emotions. I deal with them. It's just not realistic. We are our own entities in life. We have our own separate paths in life. We just have relationships where we come together and share are each of our paths together, right? But we're still in our own paths of life. Like we're, we're still on a path of life within our own journey and within our own right. The way that she's telling the audience of making sure that her partner is happy, it's a job, right? But it's a an emotional job where it should be beneficial to you as well. And also towards the relationship as its whole. I always make the choice to do it. I I like to give. I like to allow my person to lead. They know, especially like when it translates in the bedroom, I like to feel dominated. You know, riding dick ain't always my favorite position because I like to be taking it. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't like to be taken advantage of. I like to feel. That's okay. I like to be degraded. 
Yeah. Those are languages that I like and I accept. I do. But if I'm comfortable and if I trust you. What I say before, leading where? Leading where? Where is Cam leading her? Because what she's about to say is towards some pain for the sake of him and his excitement in the bedroom. But she has to compromise something to me that is very off. But um, shout out to Shan for being honest, saying that she likes to be degraded. I mean, hey, again, I don't kink shame. I believe that people like what they like as long as it's consensual and not with children or animals. She likes what she likes, but it also makes sense given the type of dynamic that she has in her relationship, right? So so just know what that means. Know that dance with your partner. I think of relationships and submission and being submissive is like, it's like an eight count. Know that dance. You better know that five, five, six, seven, eight, one, dishes clean, two, laundry, three. If you have a long day and you fight in the world, you will never come back and fight me. She said, a 10 hut, one, two, three, do the dishes. This is Cinderella. You better get your ass in line for your man. <laughs> look, look. Um. <laughs> Know that dance. Know that eight count. Okay, Lorian Gibson, a boom, boom, cack for your life. Literally, <laughs> boom, boom, cack for those dishes, okay? <laughs> boom, boom, cack. Boom, boom, cack for that laundry being done and folded by the time he gets home. Boom, boom, cack your way into clipping his toenails and making sure that you get the cuticles too. Boom, boom, cack for your life, she said. Better know that eight count, y'all. Ladies. <laughs> do you know that ain't count with your man oh but it, it just it's kind of like what <laughs> mm. she says she gonna make sure that her man doesn't come home and fight her because he has to go out and fight the world but don't you as well as a black woman I, I, in a patriarchy as well in the same system that he actually benefits from? Can you imagine the same man that has enough money to hire a maid to do all that, to, to, to clean and do all, like, I don't understand why he would want you to do it when he can afford for another person to come and do that, to clean up that mansion of his. Are you out of your mind? But again, he can handle it, right? He's a man, he's a leader. Even if he came home to fight with you about something or argue with you about something, that happens sometimes in relationships. That sometimes can be unpreventable. It's again, reality, not Cinderella, this is, reality you would never come back and walk into a space that is not welcoming you mm -hmm. you know do you think that this is controversial in some capacity absolutely to some it could be enabling you know and someone told me one time they're like you're enabling him yes you are enabling him and it's not a good thing if anything, I would find that to be emasculating because, again, why as a man that considers themselves to be an alpha man, um, 
me babying. Why would a man need to feel like a man, period, just to be validated by a woman's actions of her making him feel like a man? You should already feel like a man. That that should you should already lead as a man. You should not it, it shouldn't require, right? It shouldn't require anyone to make you feel like a man. The moment I hear a man say, I need a woman to make me feel like a man, I would run for the hills if I were woman in the dating pool. Because what that means is it's signaling to me. It's kind of like everything you do has to validate my existence as my my manhood, my role within life and also in the relationship. That is not your partner's responsibility. Men, that is not your partner's responsibility. Okay? If you still trying to figure out who you are, and what your manhood represents as your own self and as your own entity, you shouldn't be dating anyone, period. Period. And I told him how that made me feel. And he was like, of course, they're going to say that. They don't have nobody doing that for them. Oh, gosh. Boo. Tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. The whole trope of ding, ding, ding. She's just jealous because she ain't got no man. She's just jealous because her man don't treat her right. How many times? Do I hear men say that? Even women. You have women that uses a man's penis as a form of validation. You have women out here being like, oh, you ain't got no ring of your finger, so you're invalidated. You you mean nothing. (laughs) You mean absolutely nothing. How dare you open up your mouth as a single woman? What do you know about relationships? What do you know about being happy in relationships? Get out of here. Not the trope of your friends are jealous, they're unhappy. And she she would be a fool to really believe that. Given the track record of Cam Newton and the relationships that he has had and his rhetoric and how he talks about women and relationships and interviews, and this is the type of person that you should be listening to as far as taking advice from in regards of your friends, your friends. What demonstration is he setting up for his children as far as relationship dynamic goes? What type of leadership is he giving where you have to believe and look over your shoulder and say, you know what? You you are right. My friends are jealous because they're 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 tapping in into a part of my brain that I can't access and giving me the real deal. So they're letting me know, yeah, that does sound a little bit odd, you know. But yet they're jealous to them. That's just something that they're just not down with. It doesn't mean that they're jealous. And it doesn't mean that it's because they're single. And it doesn't mean that even if they weren't single, that their relationship is miserable. What? What? Like, let's be clear. There are a lot of women who don't center men. (laughs) There's a lot of women who don't center men and still don't hate men. There's a lot of women who aren't male identified who doesn't center penis around their life and it doesn't orbit around their world. I I guess, you know, there are people that are still learning that. I I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. How did it make you feel? It made me feel like maybe I am. But at the same time, that's my love. But 
that's my love. At the end of the day, it's about love. It's about love. It's not about respect. It's not about boundaries. It's not about communication. It's it's just simply about love. I mean, love pays the bills, right? <laughs> the way that she is trying to skate through um, Sham, kind of making her question her thought process first before she speaks. It feels like when she speaks, that's when she catches herself. And then she realizes, you know what? Mm, that might, because she has hesitations during this interview. And I just generally feel like, what? It wasn't until like just this past spring, like sometime in April, she had a complete different like perspective or opposite on relationships. She was not like this. So the fact that she got with Cam Newton and now she is in this direction of, um, how she handles her relationships and how she presents herself in one. I don't know. I, I don't know what changed, but um, wow. So if you don't understand it, you know, it's not, I'm not loving on you for you to get it. That's, that's how I love. And whoever I love is going to get that benefit. Yes. There was a time where, you know, women needed men for everything. We couldn't even open up a bank account, you know? And now it's like women are really in their bag where they're like, I'm, I have my own business. I'm doing this. I don't need, I don't need a man for nothing. Like basically, like, can I be frank? Like, I'm a, I don't need a nigga for shit. I don't, mm. you know, and I can say those words, but I want one. Yeah, she has a point. It, it's not for anyone else besides the person that she's in a relationship with. The person that she is in a relationship with will benefit everything that she provides, right? Now, what I don't agree with is how she feels like, yeah, I mean, she doesn't need a man, but she wants one. But at the same time, she brings up a point where back then, you know, even towards the late 70s where women weren't allowed to have their own bank account. The fact that she mentioned that as a way to make a point wasn't a good example because, again, today... We're going to keep saying patriarchy. That might be the title of this episode, <laughs> but it, it it's a big, it's a big part of it. He actually gave us the tools and the power to be self-sufficient. So thank you for the patriarchy for giving us the rights to have our own bank account, to take out loans, to drive a car, to own a house to buy a gun. These are all things that the patriarchal system has provided for us, right? And now men want to what? Take those things away in order to feel like men again, in order to feel like they're taking control of the household again because they have a penis. Please. Just because you have a penis does not mean that you know how to lead off bat, off rip. So my brain wants to understand the exchange here. <laughs> Because, know, and this could be, it's not, no, you're doing great. But my, because I told you, I'm going to ask a bunch of stupid questions. Yeah. Because this dynamic, I think, like, my relationship with my partner is very egalitarian. Like, we're equals. Mm. Like, I don't ever feel like I'm giving for the sake of giving, and I'm not receiving for the sake of receiving. I'm receiving being like, well, I deserve this. And I'm giving being like, you deserve this. Mm. So there's that exchange happening. So you speak on, you're like, you tell him the things that you need? Yeah. And mm -hmm. the things that you feel like you deserve, you'll say that? A hundred percent. How will you say that? I need you to step up in these areas. Mm. I need to not worry about this. I need to be able to take my brain off this thing. I need more affection. I need mm. more love. If we're going to be 
sexual. Here's the things that I need to like feel more sexual. And mm-hmm. in return, I invite that. Like, yeah. So we have a lot of conversations. How does he, does he receive it well? I think everybody has a problem with being told that they're not doing enough because we always go to like, well, I'm already doing X, Y, and Z. Right. So I think that there's, there can be, I wouldn't say that he's always arms wide open, but he always adjusts. But mm. so I guess when I'm listening to your relationship style, I'm like, if we kind of broke it down into like to do's specifically, like what does a submissive woman do for her man? When she asked, does he receive it well? Like, what is he going to yell at her? Again, this is what I mean. Like, because Jasmine is so mentally strong as though, oh, I just caught the contradiction here. So earlier, Jasmine said that she likes to cry in the shower. She likes to hand her own emotions. She got it. She got it. But then at the same time, she was talking about women that feel like they don't need a man anymore. You know what I mean? And she's like, I don't need a man, but I want one. But the women that are out here, you know, having their degrees and having all these jobs, they act like they don't need a man. Da, da, da. But clearly you don't either because you demonstrated that, like you said, when you said you cry in the shower and you hold all your emotions in because you don't want to put it on Cam Newton for him to unpack and work with. Just like Shan is like, you know, yeah, of course I talk to him. I mean, make someone feel away because they're like, oh, shoot, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing because this person clearly feels like they need something or need more attention in this part of the relationship. But she still communicates that with him because that's what you're supposed to do in a relationship, in a partnership. And the fact that she's shocked about it, like, you really tell him, like, when you don't like something, like, you really, how does he take it? Girl, what? (laughs) He has no choice but to take it. What do you mean? Everything. (laughs) What does that mean? You know, like packing his bag, unpacking his bag, um, just making sure all the things that he wants. And I, I pretty much read his mind. So it's like, if I know you and I study you, like I know how you are in the morning. I know how you are about midday. I know when you're in this mood, what you need. Like before you can ever ask me for something, I'm already on it. She's already on it like a dog in heat. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and you can't be a mind reader. You just can't. You can't be a mind reader for anyone. People have their own individual thoughts. You can study this man all day. And the fact that she makes her man, her his her case study is weird. But also, I mean, you don't ever know anyone fully. You just can't. You never will. Okay, that's just life. You would never know anyone's deepest, deepest, darkest secrets unless they choose to share it. And that, again, that is up to them if they choose to share it. And you still wouldn't know if they choose it not to share it with you or not because you wouldn't know it exists. You cannot read people. You cannot study people. People are very complex. To try to win the medal, the 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 number one woman in, that he's ever had in his life that knows him the best his mother will argue that title with you, ma'am. And she don't even know all of Cam. It's just, what are you striving for? What are you getting in the end? What are you getting? What are you getting, girl? What are you getting? Like, if you do everything for him and your, your mind of being subservient, not submissive, this is a different level of <laughs> submission. Um, what is it left for him to do to be a man? That's what I mean. Like, is this not 
um, emasculating where you do everything, like you want to do everything for him. Like he doesn't have his own existence or identity outside of you. So what you do is you overcompromise your position as a woman in the relationship to make, again, to keep making him feel like a man. But what role is he leading if that's all you're doing in the relationship is to make him feel like a man? I don't, I'm not understanding this logic here. I mean, he's spoiled. And you know, when I talked to my girlfriends about it, they're like, oh, how are you guys doing? And I'm just like, girl, he's rotten. I'm like, he's spoiled rotten. Like, he's rotten. But I love that. Like, I want him to be there. I think my biggest flex is how I treat my man. Her biggest flex is how she treats her man. Not how she treats herself, but how she treats her man. Not how hard of a worker she is. I mean, she's talented from what I've heard. She's funny online. I don't watch her content, but I'm not understanding how her biggest flex is her man. Because who are you? Like, who is Jasmine Brown? That, whatever, whoever you are, that should be your biggest flex, your existence, who you are. Because without you, there would be no relationship between you and Cam. So how is he your biggest flex? I don't, how you treat your man should not be your biggest flex. Your biggest flex should be how you treat yourself, period. And spoiling a man, rotten is a grown man is not cute and it never will be cute. If you want a child, just say that. <laughs> that is for children. You don't spoil a man rotten. Like, spoiling a man rotten. I'm really trying to see the outcome of how that would take place. When a woman spoils a man rotten, what happens? He just kicks his feet up and doesn't feel like he has to do anything because he has everything already. So, I mean... Again, if somebody's going to give their all, somebody's going to be willing to take their all. And he's kicking his feet up, just taking it all. He doesn't have to do anything. He can just be masculine and alpha male, rest in his masculinity, lead, and all of that just by having a penis, like I said. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my biggest flex should be how I treat myself, which is so it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> What are you getting from all that you're giving? What are you asking for in return? You know, what's interesting. And you saw my reaction when I was like, you say that you asked for that. You know what I mean? I think that I have gotten better at saying the things that I need. But if I don't get it the first time, I don't like to say it again. So you see what I mean? Like she catches herself where she repeats something. She's like, you know what? Oh, God, it should be myself. <laughs> it's not funny. It's not a laughing joke to me. The way that she self-corrects herself is just, it shows that there's a lot of work that needs to be done at the surface, okay? For a lot of us, right? We're all learning. If you have to repeat your boundaries to your partner and then they don't do it the first time around, so you're just kind of like, you know what, forget it, I don't care, so that leaves you to pretty much not have your needs and wants, you know, met. If you say, hey, I need you to do this or this is what I expect and your partner doesn't commit to it. So then you're just kind of like, all right, I'm not going to repeat myself the second time. So you just let it ride. What happens after that? It all piles up, right? It all piles up. <laughs> and she's crying in the shower when that happens. So would you do what you're doing for a broke dude? What what do you call broke? 
can't, requires your financial support as no. well. No. No. I mean, I, I think to be broke, you can be still some, a great lover, still very romantic, still very emotionally supportive. But I'm just like asking. About I wouldn't the, even know that. I wouldn't even know that he's all those things. Because it's, I think there's a lot of people who are financially stable who are broke-minded, and I can't get down with that either. So let me just clarify the question. What are the requirements from a man to bring to Jazzy in order <laughs> to get this level of love from you? Um, I think it's how you make me feel. Um, I have to feel safe with you emotionally. I have to, you have to excite me. I need edge. So all this cute, soft shit that I need him to be emotionally this, I do need that. But I also need some edge. And I also need a man that is like, you know, like I am a submissive. So like in a way, my love language and sex is like you. I like for you to tell me. Oof. Okay. Well, she likes men to be rough with her around the edges and... <laughs> She don't like that soft shit all the time. You know, that's okay. Fine, right? Now, when Shan asked her, pretty much like, what does she expect from a man to give her after receiving all this greatness from Jasmine, right? She paused and she had to sit there and think about it. And she said to feel like my emotional needs are being met and that she feels safe in that manner. But what else? Like, (laughs) you were able to have a long list, including a chore list of all the expectations of what a woman should be doing for a man, but you pause and can't even give a lengthy, (laughs) a lengthy version of what a man should be doing for you in order to have your needs met, just your emotion. Okay, what about your emotions? (laughs) What about them? What about him? That that right there will tell you everything you need to know. This relationship, if that's what you want to call it, I don't know, dynamic, so to speak. That's what's going on over here. It's, it's one way. What to do. So sometimes it's like, Jazz, sit your ass down somewhere. It's like, oh, shit. What I do? <laughs> Let me sit down, you know? But it's like someone who is a very, you know, you can be emotional and, and, and be soft and things like that. But I still need you to have a little sprinkle or that edge. Do you need an alpha male? Yes. Only. Only. And, you know, and I think men are confused on if they are or not. And if you are confused, you're not one. Mm-hmm. What is an alpha man? I think in my experience of an alpha male, it is somebody who is respected. You know, walks in the room and everybody just kind of like feels their presence. No, they feel his penis. And all the men around him can relate. That's why they respect him when he walks in a room. That's that's it. That's it. Because to me, in order to know that you're an alpha male, you don't allow your woman like Jasmine over here get on a podcast and talk about how she suppresses her emotions as a as a as y'all like to call them females, right? Females are emotional. Men don't be emotional. No. So the moment a woman is being emotional, she can't share that. So again, she don't even know. She's confused about what an alpha male is. If you really, if you really want to go there. She said that if a man has to be confused about if he's an alpha male or not, 
then they're not one. Well, she definitely is confused about what an alpha male is because this ain't it. <laughs> it's not it. Some people can interpret submissiveness as like anything goes, like I'll put up with anything. No. No way. I mean, like, I think anything goes for sure if you're comfortable with the person. Because I'm doing shit I never did before. I'm just like, I would have never done this. But you know what? I'm comfortable with this person and I feel safe. Do you have an example? Anal. <laughs> you're like, have an example? Yeah, that. Do you do it for you or do you do it for them? I do it for him because for me, I'm not at a place where I like it yet. I had We had one successful time where I was like, okay, you know. I, my butt cream. Knowing what your values are, knowing what your role in the relationship is, being joyful about mm -hmm. it, that's also a big part of it too. Yeah. But I would assume that there is a line where it can get dangerous and chaotic. Yeah. So when you think about that, like as a submissive person, what do you have to be mindful of to ensure you're not being taken advantage of? One moment she doesn't have conditions, like she loves unconditionally. But then she's like, no, yeah, like, you can't just treat me anyway. <laughs> but you can treat me anyway as long as I like you enough. Like, you see what I mean? It's just kind of, she's not sure of what she wants and who she is in this relationship. I'm not going to go as far as saying she doesn't know who she is as a woman, but she definitely doesn't understand her position in, in the dynamic that she has with Cam at all. She thinks she does, but even when I'm looking at her face in the interview, her eyes, it, it just seems like there's something missing there. Not that they're empty, but just kind of sad or kind of unsure of what she has with Cam. I think like the realization just continued to set in, but she's like fighting it back by like trying to be, you know, firm in her stance of who she is with Cam. And I could tell that Shan is looking at her like, this ain't it. This ain't it. But also her version of feeling safe was having anal sex with Cam. I'm not sure how you feel safe, <laughs> emotionally safe with someone um, by them just doing whatever they want with you and you don't really care for it or have a say so or compromise that you know what this is uncomfortable for me and I don't like it and he should be willing to accept that and still not cheat on you with another woman and get anal from another woman you understand that is how it works with a two-way street not a one-way street you don't compromise your uncomfortableness because of you having to compromise yourself to feel safe she's compromising herself in order to feel safe in order to feel safe you don't have to do that it should just be instant. It should just be natural as an alpha male to make sure that his woman feels safe. You should have convinced him to make you feel safe by having anal sex and you don't like it. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable to me that she really sat up there and said that. And lastly, when Shan was like, you know, there is a possibility that it can get chaotic and dangerous. And she's like, yeah. Like, is anyone home? <laughs> the lights are on, but is anyone home? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, yes, girl, it can be, and it most likely will be. 
it won't, I don't, I really don't believe that the relationship is just going to end, you know, so smoothly and just like, understandably, I just feel like she's going to be crushed and devastated. Because as long as she centers a man in her life and she does everything that a woman that is submissive is supposed to be doing to please her man, to make sure that he comes home and that he doesn't have to deal with the weight of of anger from the world and her, she's doing everything. She's busting her. She's living for him. And what happens when a person lives for another person themselves no longer exist and they don't know who they are anymore? So when the relationship ends, they got to find themselves all over again. <laughs> they got to find themselves all over again. How many times do we hear a woman say, I don't know who I am anymore after they're no longer in a relationship? I don't know who I am anymore. I done given that man my all. He done took everything from me. Of course he did, because you allowed him to take. You you literally interjected yourself to make sure that he took everything out of you and from you, including Ano, because I don't have any hope for their relationship lasting. That's just me. That's my opinion. Not to say that it's a matter of fact, <laughs> but from the interviews I've watched with Cam and how he speaks on relationships and women and her, the way her perspective in this interview of what they have, I'm just not seeing the matching field. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. Mm -mm. No, but Hey, this is what happens when you center another person in your life that is above you, where you place yourself below them. This is the end result. You end up like a Jasmine Brown. <laughs> y'all thank you for coming back for part two on this episode wow it was it was a lot it was a, it was a lot wow i'm not even in the relationship and i'm exhausted you hear me exhausted i hope you enjoyed it because this was interesting it was interesting until then peace out <laughs>